Worm is a web serial by J.C. McRae, also known as Wildbow. You can read Worm in its original format by visiting parahumans.wordpress.com or donate to Wildbow's Patreon at patreon.com wildbow. This story isn't intended for young or sensitive readers. Readers who are on the lookout for trigger warnings are advised to give Worm a pass. For a complete list, check the description for all of Worm's trigger warnings. As a quick announcement, as these arcs get longer, we realized we need more time to read them and digest them, as will all of you reading along with us. So we are going to be splitting the future releases. Instead of weekly releases for each arc, we're going to go every other week. However, we are going to still fill that void in between with Dissecting Worm, which is now going to be its own release. So as the weeks go on, it'll be an episode of the Brockton Bay Book Club. And then the following week will be the episode of Dissecting Worm about that same arc, and so on and so on. Brockton Bay, batten your hatches and strap on your helmets. It's D-Day in Brockton. Indeed it is. Hope everybody's not afraid to get wet, as the good captain might think. Friends, we we made it. We made it to Arc 8. The in 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 many a fan's opinion. Uh, for for a lot of Worm fans, their favorite arc of the entire serial. Uh, I was thinking there. about it. I, it's, I it's think it might be. Me. Yeah, it's the one I think of most readily. Yeah, it's a good I mean, one. It is an Endbringer fight. Like like this is this is the big Kahuna. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Whoop. So uh, let's not waste any time, and let's just let's get into it. Uh, we are the Brockton Bay Book Club. We've got a full cast tonight. Everybody's here. We got a lot to get through. And I think instead of uh, going chapter by chapter for this arc, just because so much of it flows together, we should uh, kind of go in three parts. We'll do like a little bit the part that's pre the Leviathan fight, then the fight itself, and then... The last part just kind of be post that. And we can sort of group uh, the interludes where kind of appropriate there. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's, let's dive into this thing. So we don't have too much here before the fight actually starts. A couple arcs, or a couple chapters rather. Um, kind, of, kind of building everything up. How did, uh, how, did that, how did that feel for everyone? Setting the tone for what's to come. I mean, the policeman just walking up the one guy's like reaching for his gun and the other, you know, puts his hand is like, no, let him through. Just like, damn, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I got chills. 
Yeah. Set the yeah. tone. Let's go. Like we are all in this, like the, you know, very end is nigh. It doesn't matter who you are. Like we're need, we're going to need all the hands on deck for this one. Yeah. Very great world building where it's like, you know, they play their little hero villain game, but then when the going gets tough, everybody's like, okay, like, come on, everybody get in. Let's come up with a game plan. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's kind of a unique. I was I was really trying to think about any other any other story that sort of approaches these sort of world-ending events or city-ending events in this way. And like nothing really comes close. Like there's a lot of examples of of the hero and his rival uh her rival sort of, you know, teaming up to take down a bigger bad once in a while. Like you see that from time to time. But on this scale, I can't think of anything else that has this type of dynamic and one that's like set in stone in, during the story. Like this has been like, you know, a part of the process whenever there's a, whenever there's an endbringer fight, everybody gets together. This isn't just like the first time they decided to do this. Like right. this is part of the world, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And I, I appreciate too, how they, they immediately set up the stakes by presenting you know, it's kind of now becoming a who's who list of heroes. We've heard of some of these heroes um, mentioned in name and in stories before in passing, but now we get to see them. And that's pretty, that kind of lays into that weight. And we also hear from Taylor just how devastating these beings, these end bringers can be. Uh, like Newfoundland just doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, and so you hear this, terrifying you know this world is already kind of terrifying in its own way because of the you know the amount of people who have powers and you never know who's going to do what or if you're just going to be on the wrong end of somebody's trigger event but now to add to it you've got these three sort of godlike creatures that can just destroy so much and you you feel those stakes and i think uh Wildbow does a great job of building the tension with the increase of the sound of the rain. Um, mm, mm-hmm. How you can yep. hear just like Taylor describing every once in a while, the rain's getting more intense. You can hear it more loudly. Legend is shouting louder, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's just really, it's yeah. really well written and really well built into that tension. So that when it finally does break, you're like, Oh, all right, here it comes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. Something you you know it happens. You're talking about like it does this happen in any other superhero thing where like they all get together and they team up, and like I'm sure it does, but it doesn't happen enough. And I know that it's probably happened in like had to have happened later in like the Marvel universe where they realized like oh yeah we've got to make like we've got to get the bad guys to team up with the good guys and we've got to make it make sense. It would always make sense to be like hey guys, um. This city won't exist if you don't help. Right. So your choices are, number one, die. Like, you could just die. You don't even have to be there. Um, You know, run for it, I guess. Like, lose all your money in the entire operations that you set up. Like, the bad guys are so invested in this. And Mm -hmm. as we've shown for, like, at least the undersiders, and I'm sure other people, like... They have families. They have alternative things other than just being evil. It could be supporting a sick mother or, you know, a numerous, numerous other reasons. Like the mm-hmm. bad guys aren't bad because they're bad. Like 
that's not yeah. why they're doing things. Yeah, there's no, there's like, no. I'm Doctor Evil, and I'm here to destroy everything. I am evil, just because <laughs> I'm evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think that's why you can do an event like this and have the bad guys teaming up, but you can't do that in a lot of the DC Marvel stuff. It's like, why is this bad guy bad? Well, because he's bad. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So that person would never help in a world-ending disaster. But here, because the uh, villains are people too, and they have depth, they're going to show up and they're going to fight right alongside the heroes even if they right. die because it's just such a monumentous end bringer yeah like if you don't everybody dies yeah that's the end of it <laughs> yep yeah yeah i like that there's like a, a pride thing to kind of associated with it like on the hero side if you don't fight you're basically blacklisted as a hero right. like there's you have no hope of getting respect anywhere else but then also from the villain side too like it's it's like you're saying like it's their city that they want to rule or or control or anything like that so if they don't fight then they they can't make a claim to anything so it's yeah there's a lot of uh into it it's a great place to prove yourself in a weird way like uh, knowing the odds which which he even says uh legend says that the odds are one in four capes will die in an endbringer attack like one in four that's crazy and and yet even with those odds it's very much of like a you can prove yourself here you can prove yourself against an endbringer and you will either die and be uh memorialized because of your sacrifice or you'll survive and you'll have the clout to say yeah oh yeah the leviathan fight i was there you know, and there's yeah. and and that like element to it uh, is like such a sense of pride, I think, for the capes here of like, like when Taylor's standing in this room full of full of all these capes and she's looking around the room, it's like these people are here because they know the odds, they know how dangerous this is, and they're here anyways. Because she notes, she notes very early on, Coil isn't here, Coil isn't in the room. Where's Coil? So Coyle's not here. So so there is there are capes that decide not to go and help or to mm-hmm. you know to hide mm-hmm. or to flee or to cover their heads, whatever they need to do. Like, but the people who are here, they are taking a stand. Whether that's, you know, so they don't get blacklisted because they're a hero or because they're trying to prove themselves, or they're just trying to stand up for their city. Like the people here are, you know, this is this is this is the people that have shown up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, at the same time, I don't want to miss too that some of these capes, because you know we know that Vista is there. Some of these capes are incredibly young, and I just yeah. imagine mm-hmm. it's like you're in you're in like middle school English class, and you get a text. It's like, hey, come on, we got to go fight God. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. yeah. isn't, that the, isn't that the like the premise of every anime? Basically, <laughs> yeah. pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, no, I, I really do love that moment where Legend is is kind of he's he's giving everybody the lowdown, which again, this is this is I mean, I've said it once, said it a million times. Uh love the way the Wild Bow gives out information to us as the reader without necessarily like spelling it out super, you know, obviously, but literally Taylor yeah. and the others are getting a briefing on Leviathan. They're getting briefed, and Taylor, like, because we're listening to this through her perspective. We're hearing the things that she knows already 
like Newfoundland getting completely dunked in back into the water. Uh, but also things that she didn't know, like perhaps the odds or how they're going to classify yeah. the breakup of capes into, you know, who's going to be doing what. And so she's mm-hmm. seeing some of these things for the very first time and some of the things she already knows. But as the reader, we, we're coming to it blind other than, you know, other than the conversation that she had with Lisa in the van all those arcs ago. Like this is mm-hmm. our first inter- introduction to uh, Endbringers, and it doesn't feel yeah. like we're getting this huge info dump. It feels, it feels realistic. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a great place to put a little bit of exposition, which just mm-hmm. feels very natural. I do want to, I do want to highlight Legend's role here as well, only because obviously we don't know much about him yet, but he's really the first hero to me that has felt like a hero hero. Yeah. In the sense of, you know, he comes in and he's like, all right, people, here's what we got to do. Some of you might die. And I want you to know that I appreciate everyone. Be-. You know, he, he comes in with like the, the Aragorn speech, you know, at the battle, yeah. you know, the hopeless battle kind of thing. And uh, whereas other heroes have felt kind of less than, I think there's a nice highlighting <laughs> of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> arms um, We've been, we've been witnessing uh, Avengers. What is it? Avengers West in San Francisco, and finally, yeah. finally, one of the original Avengers decided to show up. Yeah, yeah finally, yeah. Captain yeah. America, Iron Man, and you know, yeah, right. Right. all show. Up. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like it feels like that, right? Like these, the big three. As as she, I, I think it's interesting too. We can talk about how she ranks people because I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the big three, Eidolon, um, Legend, and Alexandria, um, yeah. the, just the way that they kind of come in and show like, yeah, these guys are the real deal. And you can tell. And let's just get ahead of it now. Um, there are dozens of names in this arc. Oh, we are God. going to pronounce them as best we can. And we are going to correct uh, the pronunciations when clearly the world is wrong. Um, <laughs> yep, exactly. Is that is yep. that a statement you want to make about anything specific, Jacob? I, I have I have one in mind, but I'll save it for a minute. Okay. Uh, I have one. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I was gonna kind of itch in like we. This is where we get all the heroes and villains yeah. all together. Did we want to talk about like favorites oh, now gosh. since they're all gathered together, or do we want to save that Lord. for later? Oh, there's so oh. many. This would, I, would I take like, like an hour. I was gonna say I do feel like we should wait till the end. Because there are so many, and like as things happen, the, people become my favorite for certain reasons. So I'd rather wait till the end. Yeah, this might be a, one of our Patreon exclusives. So if y'all would be interested <laughs> in something like that, we can have a whole discussion on heroes through this arc. Just let us know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and you exactly. can also join us for our uh, every character in Worm, Smash, or Pass, including the Inbringer. <laughs> oh my gosh! One hundred percent, we are doing that. That is that is <laughs> that, that episode is will be five hours long. Uh, so, yeah. For real, for real. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, this is when we need our our spreadsheet of all the heroes to add them to because this is like when we're meeting so many of these of these capes. Yeah, thing is, so many of them too are just names. We don't even know yeah. what they do or who yeah, they are. That's true. Yeah. They're just yeah. nameless. A lot of red shirts. Yeah, they're just a name that gets lots popped up shirts. as. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lots of red shirts, exactly. Did we have... Did Weld show up? Yes. Okay, because they never said his name there, but I thought it was Weld. Yes. Does he? Which which one is Weld? Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. Well do. All right. The metal boy with the spoon sticking out of him or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He he shows up. Uh, he's the one that that meets. Uh, so so Taylor runs into him in the parking lot on the way in, and then she sees oh, him fighting right. later later on. And um, oh, that's right. You're no, I'm pretty right. sure they they do name him, but they name him the, in the end chapter before with Armsmaster talking about like who's coming in, yes. and who's being traded. But then yes. in this arc, they don't say like ah, oh, this is Weld. They just yeah. say oh, it's a metal boy. Yeah, well, they do oh, okay. say his name, but Maybe. they're not using his name in association uh, with him as the person because it's later on like an armband announcement, which, of course, like as I mean, I've read I've read the book. So, like, I, I recognized it. But as, as actually, that's a great question. Uh, Kat and Taylor, did you guys pick up on anything like that reading through for the first time? Can you repeat what you mean? Picking yeah, up I'm uh, confused what the question sorry, was. I just. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I just mean like, like for, I guess, maybe I'm not going to be able to word this well. My thought is, is that like coming into this work, like I know which characters that are being named are, you know, important or feel like they stand out. Uh, did you feel like those, like, did you feel like any names were stuck out on purpose? Um, for me, I, I'll be honest. There were some sections where, like, I just can't absorb that much fighting. And this is me on every fantasy <laughs> I've read, too. Yeah. Like, I'm not actually, like, I have no images in my brain whenever I'm reading. So, descriptions of fighting is just blah to me. So, so there's very, there, I do not think that any names stood out to me because there was just so much being yeah. thrown at me like so many names so much happening that i was just mainly trying to get the gist of like the overarching situation versus honing in on specific people um and i was trying to pay attention to the people we already know hoping that yeah. he'll just explain to me the people i actually needed to remember later on because it was just a lot <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's absolutely valid. I remember the first time reading this just being like, oh, that's a that was a cool name for a superhero. It's a shame they're only mentioned when they die. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, yeah. being mentioned when they die though, we'd we'd want to skip past the armband and yeah. uh great idea, right. poor execution. I don't know how we want to phrase that thing, but like here's here's a device that's just going to not nonstop just shout out everyone who's dying around you for the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great idea. But it's interesting. It kind of reminds me of like a weird little Apple Watch thing. And I think since this was written in 2012, was the Apple Watch in existence yet? I mean, I don't feel like that was... With with the information that, that we know so far about like the computers, <laughs> like Taylor's right, school. Right, right. That's true. Uh, yeah, That's true. yeah. Uh, nope, it was released in 2015. Okay, okay. And this yeah. was written after Spy Kids too, so uh, the idea of a cool, a cool <laughs> right. watch was, so was already yeah, in effect. That's true. That's yeah. true. Right? Yeah. The uh, the old the old spy wristband is a common trope, I guess. But yeah, um, fascinating, fascinating technology. Uh, I mean, I think it's probably the best they had. Uh, just the ability to be able to communicate long distance, to make announcements to everybody who has one, to track. Leviathan's position is useful. 
but uh, it is mightily depressing oh, to be able to yeah. just keep hearing just over and over again. Like I'm, ma- I'm making yeah. fun of it here, but in terms of of it as a writing tool as well for this chapter, it's brilliant. So, yeah. Mm. So oh, just, yeah, the way it builds the tension and and just yeah. the the horror of everything is so good. Right. I, yeah. I will yeah. say, I'm, I was reading the this last bit uh, in the car, and I just I looked over at Alan, and I had like I had goosebumps. From and it was specifically the line where the armband is literally just spitting out name, you know, name down, name deceased, name deceased, name down, like again and again, and that like the wave of hitting you realizing that like, oh my god, like Leviathan took one step and now sixteen capes are dead. Like holy yeah. shit! Like it sets the tone for the fight so well, so so well. I do have a question, though, because Leviathan, to me, was Godzilla. Yes. Kind of like a skinny Godzilla. I I have Godzilla vibes. Am I wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Partly. Uh, Godzilla, you know, is your multi-story creature, like your your skyscraper creature. Um, This is just a multi-story creature. Leviathan's only 30 feet tall. Oh, okay. So like house um, size as opposed to skyscraper size, uh, right? Yeah, like two-story house size and skinny as opposed to thick and empire state. More like uh, Iron okay, Giant. Well, okay, so now I got like um, a bearded dragon running on its back two legs. Correct. That is but that is correct. <laughs> there's a, there's some really good fan art, I think, that that's always helping you visualize. Yeah, I was, was going to say, Michael, you can... You can cut this piece out, but I was going to post some fan art um, from one of my favorite artists. Yeah, in, there's uh, some mineral really gorgeous artwork. You can cut this part out. Well, I mean, we can also share it on our social medias. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the artwork that Nick just shared is uh, the artwork that I am using for one of the books that I'm binding for Alan. Oh, nice. And nice. I think it's oh, nice. such a good nice. representation of him. I feel like the tail is a little long, but I, I don't know. I feel like it, it does a oh gosh. It just, I would say so they well. said it was like 45, 50 feet in length. Okay. Then yeah, I, that, longer I, guess than I like right. that. Yeah. Uh, I like that. It can, you can kind of see the water echo too behind him. Yes. In that, in that yeah, you can see it behind him. I love that. Golly. Which is okay, just before, before the we go full, thing. are we going full Leviathan? Are we just moving into this? <laughs> yeah, are we, are we done with before, before we do, let's, <laughs> let's finish up what we're talking about before we, kick into Leviathan because boy howdy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I definitely, um, and this might be just my past kind of seeping over into it, um, but I'm a big history YouTube guy. Like my YouTube is just me watching documentaries to fall asleep at night. Like just to give you a little insight. So literally an army, 90% of it is just going to be people like behind the scenes, like getting you supplies, doing this, doing that. And literally 10% of your army is actually fighting men. So I, I was really confused on the hero side because I was like, you have all these heroes um, like Tattletale and whatnot. You should have like a nerve center almost. Like you should have like a command center where they're all using their powers like as one. And instead of being like, oh, hey, like Gordy's dead, man. I'll be out front. Good luck. Uh, Black Hawk Down reference. But um, in... <laughs> The thing is, is like instead of being like, oh, Armester's dead, up oh, Taylor's dead, up oh, Gru's dead, be like, hey, point A needs bodies. Like, get over there. You know, like like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit 
disappointed on that front because, which I guess if it's like a doomsday scenario, you're kind of like Soviet Union just throwing bodies at the problem. But I, I definitely, I was like, come on, like, I want to see like some better uses of powers. Yeah, I, sure. I was thinking the same thing because I'm like, why are people like, why are people like Tattletale, who is not a physical power? Literally no powers. Is literally a teenage girl. Yeah, yeah, she's a teenage girl who knows stuff. And granted, she knows a lot of stuff. But like, what the fuck is she going to do? Yeah. You know? And I was like, I was like what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. And same thing with um, Skitter, whereas, yes, she can do things. And she did do a lot of things. There was also like for a good chunk of it, she literally had nothing to do. So she just started yeah. playing, which was great. I mean, she made herself useful and that's wonderful, but it, it's also like maybe, yeah, there was like no actual like use of other than going, Oh, if you're like, if you got a big, bad power, come to the front, everybody else. Good luck. Right. Like what? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any that's sense. A, yeah. It's a good point. Um, I think one aspect of, of Worm as a story that admittedly I think doesn't get enough attention early on through the story, but it is present, is that, uh, at least on the villain side specifically, but on the hero side as well, uh, concealing what your power is is a really big deal and not letting people know what you're truly capable of is really, really important. So I think there's part of that, and I'm, I am trying to write some explanation in here for you, even though I think, Taylor, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, but I think there's a lot of like, hey, you know, we, you know what you do better than we do, uh, you know, that kind of thing, where like, you, you can't you know direct... you think you're needed. Yeah, you can't, you can't yeah. direct stuff that you don't, you, like, you don't know what they do. So right. I think there's a bit of that in there, too. I um, think... I think I would add, too, that the only other thing may be that it has a lot to do with time. Because they yeah, don't know when the, when the end bringers are going to attack or where they're going to attack. And they which have, one is going to attack. And which one is going to attack. Right. Um, I will say it sounds like from this story, from the way it's told, this is the first time they've actually had advance notice of an end bringer arriving. Yeah. Which yep. means if you think about how badly this went and how badly it feels, you can only imagine then how badly it goes when they don't have any warning. And all of a sudden, Leviathan is in downtown, or exactly, uh, exactly. you know, all of that. Yeah, so maybe that's some kind of postdoc justification, but that's at least one yeah. one explanation. Maybe hey, that's why we're here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in the ideal scenario, it would be exactly what you said, Taylor, and what you said, Kat. Just the idea of like we have an organized front, we have a battle station where we have all of our thinkers, like Tattletale who can like be smart and direct people would be in one location. We'd have our heavy hitters here. We'd have, you know, people like uh, uh, Skitter, Taylor Skitter, uh, who, you know, her bugs are not going to be useful up against a big water lizard. Like, uh, like, okay, we're going to have you help with first aid, like have those like broken up way better, but they don't like, what are you going to do? Like, okay. All right. The capes of Brockton Bay this Saturday, we're going to have, uh, we're going to do a little uh, uh, training exercise where we're going to figure out, should an end bringer hit Brockton Bay, this is what your role will be. And this is what, where you'll need to go. Like, ideally, that would be that would be great because then we would know exactly where everybody needs to go. We would have an organized front. But like, 
what villain is going to be like, yeah, I'll show up for the, for the conference on Saturday in case an end bringer arrives. Like, so I know where I need to go. Like the evacuation plan for people. Sure. That's great. But like, what do you do as a cape? Like, I think that in an ideal world, that would be the, the optimal scenario. But like in this sense, there's just no time. Yeah. I mean, this is probably something that the heroes do. Like, Oh, I'm sure they probably do. Yeah. The the villains are probably just, not invited or just don't show up to them. But I also think all the way back you were saying like they didn't get time to prepare. Like there is no nerve center because they didn't get that far. They were still sorting people when Leviathan hit. Like that's true. They were midway through trying to figure out like what, what was going on when they got smacked. And then they were just, I guess going with what they got. Um, I was just going to say like, so the protectorate is an organized institution. So I would think that they would have a nerve center set up and it's not, yeah. that's completely separate from, oh, we have all these volunteer capes. They themselves should have something. And then if like, you know, I feel like that is what is missing. Is like, even though, even the people who should be organized weren't because they should be prepared for this like things are going to show up unexpectedly like that's how my shit happens but they they're supposed to like already have some of that stuff established so that when that stuff shows up unexpectedly they at least have something to go off right i can completely get that because it does feel like wait 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 aren't you guys supposed to be more prepared than this (laughs) like you're the ones here to protect us and i get that i think maybe um, definitely yeah it's sort of like you would expect, and not no insult to either of these organizations, but it's sort of like you go in expecting like a military response where everybody's prepared, they know their roles, and they have their guns ready. And instead, you kind of get this like, oh shoot, we're all let's gonna go. die. Yeah, let's go get the the local sheriff's department and see if they can put enough together to stop it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it was literally from the from the people on the ground. It was here's an armband that will tell you um who dies. Um, good luck. And that, yeah, that is what I think we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, too, I think another thing that's, that I'm going to just try to get inside Wildbow's head here. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. But I think there's also this element that the Endbringers are, are essentially like natural disasters on steroids. Like, yeah. you think about our world right now. We have all sorts of stuff that can track hurricane movements, earthquakes, etc. But we have literally no way of stopping a hurricane from hitting the coast. Like there's nothing we can do to stop that. Despite how advanced we are as a society and a planet, like the best we can do is evacuate people and bolt up the windows and then just let it hit. So like, I think there's some of that element too, where Leviathan feels beatable because he's 30 feet tall and humanoid in shape. And that just feels like a fight we're used to seeing win. But they have never won. Like they have never, it's been 30 years of these Endbringer attacks and they've never beaten them. So part of me is also like, I wonder, again, trying to read into the story a bit here, but I wonder if, if a lot of the heroes are just exhausted. Like what, what can we do except, except die, you know? Jesus. 
We interrupt our scheduled program to bring you a word from our sponsor, Zencaster, a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. When we first started this podcast, we knew we needed a service that would let us record remotely. After doing some research, Zencaster was the obvious choice. We started using Zencaster and never looked back. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. All you do is log in, invite people to join your room, and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. You can record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. You can rest easy even if you have an unstable connection, knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality. We do all our recording in Zencaster, and when the episode is ready, we can distribute it to all major podcast platforms. Zencaster has made podcasting so much easier with its all-in-one podcasting platform and tools. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code BROCKTONBAYBC and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. That's Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code BROCKTONBAYBC. And now back to our scheduled programming. I was wondering about how long, when when did the Endbringers start showing up? Were they like immediately when power started showing up? Or were they say, like... Did uh, they say when the first Endbringer attack was? Yeah, it's in the um, early 90s, I think, was the first one. Okay. Shortly. It's like a few years after Scion's first sighting, I think. Mm-hmm. I have to look at the timeline again. Yeah, because yeah. it was something that I've definitely felt more of this time round, which was like, you're right. They weren't as prepared as you... Like, they're just now getting an Endbringer like, mm-hmm. alert system. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think I always just always felt that they were... For, like, these... This was a relatively new problem. You know, maybe like 10 years. But the fact that this is like 30 years you know, of an issue. A, uh, well, a, hold on, I'll look it up. Not, I wouldn't say 30 years. Didn't we just say the 90s? You said the 90s? Yeah, I guess it's like... If we say the 90s, like, so like yeah. 20 years for, well, yeah, for the, the, the embers. But like with them being so erratic, or I guess yeah. erratic, and like never knowing what's going to hit, never really knowing, and like actually thinking about that in the sense of like, just like we don't necessarily know everybody, every cape's powers, we don't necessarily know every single thing uh, an Endbringer can do either. And so, like, and we know the big showed stuff. Up twice. Exactly, like, exactly. Like Leviathan, I should say. Right. So, like, you, ha- we, we have a general idea because we fought them before of like what they can do and things that we should be aware of. But like uh, the the idea of like, okay, well, we know that he's a really fast. Leviathan's a really fast swimmer, and we know that he has his. Um, his water water shape, what's it called? I can't remember what it's the called. The water echo. Yeah, the echo. Yeah, the yeah. water echo. That like he has these things that are, you know, you know, we know work, but that we learn more information every time he shows up. And the fact of like, well, the only way to like have a better detection system is for him to show up. And like, well, <laughs> we don't want that, but like Luckily, uh, Armsmaster and Dragon have this system that they don't know if it works, and they're lucky that it pinged. You know, like we're the only reason we had a couple hours, if that, 
to gather people was because of their system. And uh, just to answer the question, Leviathan is the 56th Endbringer attack. Holy cow. 56th? Holy yeah. shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's, okay. that's what I was saying. Damn. Holy cow. I was going to say, because... I thought it was way less than that. It's the first yeah. one that they were able to uh, like get any sense of prepare right. for. Yeah, detect. Yeah. God damn. Well, speaking of the Endbringer attacks, do we just want to go ahead and get into it? We kind of been talking for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. We've been dancing let's around do it. it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Whew, what a fight. Holy macaroni. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah. it's just, well, just, I mean, it's I guess so the, we can start with the tsunami. The tsunami hits. Yeah. And yeah. that right there is the first wave, if you will. But it's oh. like before before we can even before we've even seen him, he's already taken out capes. He's already taken out buildings and and he's already done damage, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing that's hard, always hard for me to grasp when I'm reading anything is speed. Speed is just sort of one of those things that's hard to, to visualize when reading. But like, you just get this sense that he is way faster than anyone was prepared for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just crazy, just skidding around on the top of the water. I mean, really, <laughs> he's got that image of that, of the lizard just running across the water there. <laughs> it's like that but really deadly yeah yeah <laughs> insanely deadly yeah but yeah and definitely definitely nice to see like this like in-game level threat like it's nice to see like something like that and it actually has repercussions i guess because mm, a lot of the yeah. time like, out, outside of war movies like i feel like especially for the superhero movies like final battle with thanos and endgame they're like at the facility there's not a lot of people around except for like all the other heroes and everybody that shows up. So it's not like, there's not like a lot of death considering if that makes sense, considering this right. is like a galaxy wide ending battle. So it was right. definitely, it's not nice as in like, Oh, I love seeing heroes die, but it's nice where it's just like, it's Oh realistic. crap. Like capes are dying. Like capes that I've never even heard of. Like, right. like that's insane. Like he took a step and there was someone there. Why was that person there? Like literally just, it engrosses you, which I thought, yeah. I definitely appreciate yeah. it. I think it's important for fantasy, sci-fi, whatever you want to call this overarching genre where they have frequent fights and frequent big fights. Regardless of how super powerful they are, people need to die. Like, yeah. that you're fighting all the goddamn time. How is it that your group, granted, this is not, this is not the exception to the to that, but um, it's like very unlikely that like your group is going to one hundred percent make it out, right? And granted, we killed a lot of capes. I'm kind of surprised that not one of the undersiders have were even severely incapacitated for a significant amount of time. So this is where the fun part begins when we talked about like. Uh, wild bow rolling for characters. This is the chat. This is the arc he started rolling on, mm. and it is amazing that they did make yeah. it out alive. Because um, one of the things that you can go and read is his alternate chapters that he posted for when Taylor dies in this arc, and who becomes the next main character. Hmm. Oh wow, that's interesting. Honestly, yeah. I would interesting. Like that because yeah, I. 
I'll be honest, I kind of find Skitter's power a little underwhelming in the sense that, like, she seems to be very, very powerful, but at the same time, her power does not in, a, in and of itself seem like it should be as powerful as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun fun thing to think about. Yeah, I think, um, if I remember right, Taylor, he, uh, Wildbow had written uh, several, like, little chapters and short stories set in the Worm universe before starting Worm, and... Taylor was like one of the last characters he wrote about that he decided to keep as the primary protagonist of the series. But a lot of the other characters pop up, obviously, in the story because he was writing about all these kind of things. So it's kind of fun to think about. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it in case you want to go back and read them later. But it is fun to kind of see those characters and kind of what he was thinking in terms of alternate protagonists and directions the story could have gone. Which, again, just makes the world feel real it feels bigger it feels more yeah. natural like when when those stakes exist for everyone i mean think in just a really like pop culture sense that is what made game of thrones the juggernaut it was is when yes. spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen game of thrones about to spoil it for you right now but when mm-hmm. <laughs> but when ned stark gets beheaded at the end of season one the world lost its mind because that has never like no show kills off their protagonist it's crazy and I think you get a lot of, even though even though Taylor ends up being fine here, I think you get a lot of that same sense of just unease and uncertainty as characters that you have read about and were following and maybe even liked are dying. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah. the weight That's of it. Is, yeah, exactly. It's very. It it makes it it makes it a a better reading experience when when the deaths are actual deaths, not just. Oh, it was, it was a dream, or oh, we can bring these character back, or we can whatever. Like yeah. with what Kat said, like it feels, it feels, it feels heavy. It feels realistic, and it's and not that we want these characters to die, but also it makes their lives feel mm. like they mean more because when they do die, it is so final. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Were there any? Were there any character deaths that? maybe didn't take anybody by surprise because I do feel like this is the kind of thing where we can understand, yeah, people are going to die. Um, but just out of curiosity, were there any that you were like, oh, I can't believe that person's dead? Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely your favorite I, person, Nick. Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. When I saw Nick's boy yeah. get taken out, I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Like yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Because we don't even see it. We just see... Leviathan coming around the yeah, corner half with body, half yeah. a body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh God. God. What it's a so, hit that was. Oh, Holy so shit. Good. Reading it and being like, because because you know, like mentally, it, it's one of those, it, it's my, my favorite thing. Mentally, you know people are about to die. And mentally, you know as a reader, people I know are going to die. But I, I, even reading it again, I, I couldn't remember who died in this arc. And with his yeah. and you know and he just Leviathan just drops half of a Kaiser, and I'm just like, holy shit! We were just fighting, we were just fighting Empire yeah. eighty eight an arc ago, chapter mere mere pages ago, and now he's half of a person dead. Like what the heck? Right. right. But also like. Does this mean Leviathan is anti-white supremacy? So, you know. Right. right. Leviathan, right. I guess. That's how I see it, yeah. He's genocidal towards just people. Yeah, yeah he's like, 
he's he's an equal opportunist when it comes yeah. to killing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bias is not his problem, no. except towards the living. <laughs> I mean, he just fucking turns and tail whips a man in half at one point in time. Like every yeah. time Leviathan moves, somebody dies. Yeah, but not Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there is um, that one too. And I would also say that Gallant, even though it's only kind of mentioned and you don't really feel it until later, um, that was another one that I was like, yes. oh yeah, like that was, that one, again, it was, it was one, one of the, one of the kids, so to speak, right? Where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot. <laughs> that's how that's, I felt uh, about, uh, same with Aegis. Yeah. And so I was just about to say yeah. that. Aegis kind of hurt because I think, he doesn't die to like very close to the end of the fight. Like he's, he's fighting throughout most of that fight, surviving everything as you would expect right. him to from what you know about his powers. And like, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly if it's pinpointed or not or when it, when it's revealed, but it had to, he had to be like one of the last ones to die. And I just remember thinking like, he was so close. Yeah. He almost made it. Yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to find a list right now of everybody that dies in Arc 8, and I can't find it, uh, unfortunately. But um, I, I really, it really gets to you at a certain point where you just, it's the, like I said before, with the, with the armband, just name after name after name. And like, I think, Nick, you said this earlier, of like, you hear a name and you're like, oh, that's a great name. Too bad they're dead. Like, that's the end of that, I guess. <laughs> Um, I was also thinking about with the armband, when the armband marks someone as deceased versus someone as down, if down means like considerably injured or if down means unconscious or, you know, whatever that might be. But if it's unconscious, how many people that got knocked down that weren't able to be saved right away died because of just the water, just the tidal waves kicking through the city again Mm -hmm. and again and again that just got drowned underneath it all. Right. Like, how many people got knocked down and, you know, they weren't even near Leviathan, but the wave took them out. They Don't they mention that at, at one point, I think, where I forget who, maybe maybe it's Taylor's monologue or somebody else, but they talk about how in a previous Leviathan fight, they thought they had the brilliant idea of, to bring in some ice-powered heroes to freeze oh, all the yes. water. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All, they, all they did yeah. was give him projectiles. <sighs> exactly. Like, uh, right. oh. Manipulate them in the water. Yeah. Yeah, golly. Now you've got hard water with shards of hard water inside of it. Like, gosh, brutal. Something that stood out to me this time, because I've I've always been a fan of the water shadow. Um, Just, it's something you do as a kid when you're in the pool and you like move and you try and, you know, push the waves back and forth and stuff. And I've always had that idea as a power. And I remember this. The, one of the biggest things that drew me into this was Wild Bow had the ability to write things that I could think of but couldn't put into words. And he he nailed the water shadow, the water echo. Like that was an idea that I've always thought about, and he gave it form. Um, but something that stood out this time was the head twitching and how alien uh, the oh, Endbringer yeah. is. It's got three eyes on one side and one on the other. Like, I'd forgotten about that. And then his head, like, he kind of wobbles along real slow and awkward, like, when he, you know, just bopping around. But then the head is, like, twitching all over the place, like, nonstop. Yeah, I I think they say, I think Taylor say, like, the head twitches 
at a different speed than his body's moving or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, it like, it's, it's creepy. <laughs> what like That's zombie movies great. will do with like walkers, yeah, exactly. zombies, whatever you want to call them, where they always have that, yep. like that twitch. Yeah. I also love that he's, he's silent too. Like he has no mouth or anything. He's just, yeah. He's just oh, he doesn't make presence. any noise. Like he doesn't yeah. roar or anything like that. That's, that to me is also kind of creepy. Uh, do we want to bring in uh, Tattletale's interlude to this as well, or no? Yeah, Are we going to say? Oh well, yeah, probably good time. Yeah. Good time. I was going to say that what's interesting is what Tattletale's power gives her is this isn't human, was never human. Mm-hmm. It's a really yeah. interesting bit where it's like, oh, so this is just something different. Okay, like that's kind of that's kind of spooky in itself too. Just to add to the effect yeah. of how terrifying. Um, just how terrifying he is uh, as an entity. Yeah, it's great. Which just makes you wonder, is there anyone else in the animal kingdom like having trigger events? Like is like a lion <laughs> getting hunted and all of a sudden mm. the lion triggers and now it's a flying right. lion? Like how does that work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, see. I mean, because that would be like in the Godzilla world, like, you know, Godzilla is a lizard that gets nuked, you know, in the atoll. Yeah, right. and all of a sudden, like right before the bomb hits, it's like, oh, trigger event. And then yeah. the bomb sets it off. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I like yeah. that, though. It's a, it's a, it's a good theory. Mm-hmm. You just said something. I forget what you said. It was going to make me say what I was going to say, but I totally forgot. Oh, thank you. I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> nice. Uh, I love <laughs> I was going to say, in, in Tattletale's interlude, really fun way of showing her power working. Just sort of the yeah. like the quick choppiness of information yes. being being sort of sparsed and pieced together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really, really fun seeing her power finally explained, if you will. Yeah, getting understand how she how she gets information. Yeah, I also get to see the backlash too. Like we've seen Regent, ha- you know, has the thing where like right. his nervous system starts to short out if he overstrains, and for Lisa, her backlash she gets a. Killer, killer migraine headaches, yeah. The, uh, yeah 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 incoming information and it's interesting with her interlude here where we're you know kind of jumping back and forth between her early days and now uh the early days of her still kind of figuring out her power and like the the way that she's you know she's in the store and she's looking at the guy and she's making these assumptions and her brain is kind of rattling off in a direction and she has to physically well i mean not physically but almost physically stop her brain and like reroute it back to the original track and be like, no, 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 no. We're getting, we're, we're going off in a direction we don't need to go. Like come back this way, go in this direction, like picking up a kid, literally physically moving them and, you know, pushing them in a different direction in that same way. And how, when she's, you know, she's (laughs) trying to, trying to steal sunglasses or a jacket, whatever it is, she's she's still figuring it out and she has to it takes more effort for her to rechannel the thought process as opposed to jumping forward and her looking at leviathan she can channel you know re or i guess rechannel or re re uh track her brain in a different direction a lot faster like her her acknowledgement that her brain is going in this direction is a lot faster than it used to be which i mean obviously she's just right getting better at her power but it's super interesting to get a more of an insight into her and how that works mm-hmm. yeah 
I did. Uh, we can come back to this in a second, but I did find a list of uh, it on the wiki. There's a list of names from the monument. So oh, we can go bless. through that later if you want. Yes, please. Which I don't even think the right, monument had like half the people that died. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. But it's the ones we want to remember. <laughs> so yes, it's the important ones. No, I mean, I think Hannah, you bring up a good point that's kind of just worth thinking about um, long term. Not is that not spoiling anything? Don't worry, guys. Um, but just kind of, it's an interesting sort of, I think, philosophical thought that keeps coming back as the story progresses. Is just how does the how does the trauma of these events and these fights uh, affect their powers or their personalities? Essentially, you know, like who they are. It's just kind of an interesting theme that I think pops up quite a bit throughout the throughout the whole story. Um, I will vote for saddest on text death, uh, even though we really don't know them too much before this fight. Loosely, I will say Shielder's death hurt only Ugh. because of Laser Dream and yes. what's her what's his what's his mother's name? Otomon. Otomon. Yeah, they're like. Yeah. They're like God damn. just dead expressions trying to carry on afterwards. Just mm-hmm. hurt so bad. And there's like, these are characters that we've really only heard about up till this point. And still like brutal death followed by just yeah. seeing that loss yeah. was, was rough. I mean, just going through new waves losses, you have shielder, which is uh laser dreams brother. Yep. And and Lady Photon's son, um, I'm pretty sure we also lost. Uh, I'm pretty sure we also lost her dad in this fight, okay. and we lost Gallant, which is you know her cousin's boyfriend. Like all the men in that family are dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. and then just the the look, the exchange that happens between. Photon mom and laser dream when they're trying to decide who's going to take Taylor and who's going to fly her and kind of this, this moment where photon mom is literally she's, and you know, it's, it's the phrase that we hear quite a bit of like a a parent should never outlive their child that they should, that's just wrong, you know, and, and kind of this moment of her realizing, like, I am letting my, Oh my gosh, I'm literally crying right now. Uh, I'm letting my daughter, go off and and I just lost my son and I'm I'm letting her fly off into death and like and just her her the absolute resignment you know of of just you know she says like I'm the better flyer I should go and she just okay she just kind of agrees yeah. and lets her go. And that thought of like, you don't know if that's the last time you ever see your daughter again. Like, that's it. And, oh, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Woo! That's a killer. That's a killer right there. At least we can say that most of these deaths were quick. Yes, hopefully. good like, lord. Yeah. Although, ugh, drowning. I don't know about drowning. Yeah, they had the, yeah, the fat man was the one that I thought of with the drowning. Where like oh, Taylor's yes. forced to make the decision, Gosh. like I can't take I him. Can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that was rough too. The other one I think of is just like uh, it's it's the person. There's a line that says, uh, 
she looks down and she's got like the leg floating by her. Oh god. And then she like yeah. is trying to take care of the one woman and then like the fire guy comes over and she's like, "You, what's your power?" And she she's oh, like like yeah. like fire. She's like, "Is it radiation?" Like, "No." She goes, "Burn the face." And yeah. he goes, "It's half scraped off." And mm-hmm. something about that just I had a visceral reaction where I was like gripping yeah. the table while I Absolutely. read that. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like there were so many points in this arc that were just like it gave me goosebumps, either in like a very good way of, you know, being proud of our proud of our capes of Rockton Bay or just absolute horror. Yeah. Like moments about, like that. How about rolling up with Mr. Gladly and literally oh, being like, my oh. God. being like, oh, I could not do my job like you didn't do yours, you know? Holy and I was like, shit. damn. I Talk was like, about yeah. a heavy moment. I was like, damn. And she starts to go. She starts to go, and you think you think she's about to leave him, and yeah. you're like, damn, cold blooded. Cold blooded. What she does again is that uh, arguably maybe is that Taylor's first like hero moment is turning around there. It certainly feels like it. Yeah, you know, because it's, it's a little little on the nose, a little cliche, but I did love a little it. Bit. Yeah. Because otherwise, that'd be one of the very first, like, for real cold-blooded villain moments. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it could have triggered Mr. Gladly. <laughs> I'm yeah, you don't want that motherfucker getting powers. <laughs> he already triggered. He got, he got the asshole, <laughs> asshole power. No, it definitely was a, a crossroads for her. Well, my ability is to ignore kids' problems. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it definitely yeah. was, I would say, definitely a... Um, a deciding moment for her for sure. One yeah. thing I like I like about that moment is is up until this fight, Taylor's been pretty much outclassed in all of her fights. Uh she's powerful. Like she's got a pretty strong power and a really terrifying power. But like Lung and even Bakuda and Night and Fog, like all of these fights, she's she's really out outclassed but manages to find a way to win or survive in light of that because she's smart, can think on her feet. She's makes use of her powers, her scenario, her surroundings. I mean, you know, whatever the case may be, this is the first time where she is outclassed and there is, there is no, there's nothing. nothing. You're not getting out of this. There's no way she's getting out of this. And so for her to turn around at that moment, I loved it because it was like, she knew that there was it was hopeless. There was no she wasn't outsmarting this, but she was turning around because she wanted to. It was just yeah. a it, fe- yeah. it felt very earned for as cliche it was. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She was like gonna try, moment. which yeah, very, very good moment for her. Right. I, I think a lot about because we're obviously because we're from Taylor's perspective, we can, you know, see her internal monologue of the things. I, I found it really interesting for her reasoning for like her thought process with Mr. Gladley's girlfriend kind of like that like oh he doesn't deserve to have someone to come home to at night that's going to validate his choices as a teacher during the day and tell him that yeah you're you're a good teacher you're making a difference because to taylor he hasn't he has blatantly ignored her when she's you know being bullied and her turning around i think is very much of i mean it, obviously it's a big hero moment but she doesn't acknowledge like even in her own mind that like i'm going to die She's just like, I got to do the right thing regardless. And so she goes back and kind of that moment of like, when you are on the brink of death, like Taylor is in this, in this point where really truthfully, she should not have been able to walk away, which I mean, she, I mean, she didn't, (laughs) but, but you know, she got carried away, but, but kind of that space of like, 
when you are being the hero and you're making your choices and you're choosing to do something that will save other people, even at the, at the sake of your own death, potentially, do you know, like, are you aware of the sacrifice you're making? Because she, she knows she's doing the right thing by going back and helping. And she's thinking about the people in there, but it's, it's almost like she doesn't fully acknowledge the weight of the decision that she's making. Like she's going, I'm choosing to be better. So I'm going to go back and help people. Not I, I am literally saving hundreds of people in that shelter. And by my death, I am like, she's not having that hero moment that you would think Mm -hmm. she would have in a, in a, in a, in that kind of space. Mm -hmm. And she's just thinking about what can I do to get him out of there? And I think that's, I, I find that really interesting. I don't know exactly what that says about her, but I I still find that really interesting. Yeah, I agree. We've kind of been um, dancing around the scene. We've talked before and after it. So let's just yeah. fill in the gap here. <laughs> with, uh, formerly Arms Master, now Arm Master. Oh my God. <sighs> so Clock Blocker uh, freezes Leviathan, which, oh my God. I, oh, bless our little clock blocker boy, my, my boy. boy. The hero of the day. Oh. He, he freezes up and then someone energy. goes, get him the fuck out get of there. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Which Holy shit. My, uh, my other boy, uh, uh, Trickster, comes in and gets to save the day. I was going to say the Trickster velocity yeah. combo. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love that. Yep. Love when caves work together. It's so satisfying. Which I do love. Uh, I, I love that um, Wild Bow is realistic with the heroes, and we'll get to Arms Master and how, how he is in a bit. But just uh-huh. even with Trickster, Arm Master, sorry, Arm Master. We'll get to that in a second. But even like Trickster, like monologuing a little bit and being like, yep, at least you're useful in death. And Taylor just being like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I love right. that. That was great. Right. So the fight. Arms Holy Master shit. versus Leviathan. What a Man. fight. What this a Batman, f- this yeah. Batman motherfucker. For real. I've analyzed all your moves. <laughs> and I've got a contingency <laughs> plan for all of you. So I've you got kryptonite in my back scene. pocket. That was the scene that <laughs> I texted great. you guys that he was such a fucking dweeb. <laughs> yeah, for real, though. I was listening to that and I was like, this is so cringy right now. <laughs> and, and for me, that was when that it. was when I texted the group and said, no spoilers, but this arc shows me that Arms Master is definitely a weeb. Because he's absolutely the guy watching anime and being like, I'm going to say that one day. Oh, yeah. That's going to be me. <laughs> I, up reading. I stopped reading and was like, hang on, went on Spotify and put, push it to the limit. <laughs> and I didn't have to like, have that in the background when I listened. And then he becomes arm master. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, it goes from, what I learned here was Trickster is a guy who read way too many comic books. And... Uh, over master. here, we uh, reads watches way too much anime. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I will say I know it's such a I know it's 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 cringy. I know, but I love it so much because he even like he's even acknowledging it's like this is the perfect camera pans, you know, up close, our master. You don't even know what I'm saying, do you? Watch out! Like it's so, <laughs> it's so good. It's so that. so good. 
like the no look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like if you are the hero, like we be honest. If if we were all capes and we were up one on one against a big boy. You cannot tell me that we wouldn't monologue at least a little because I know I would. And it would be just as cheesy, if not worse. No, because you never let them catch you monologuing. We all learn this. We all know this. But it's different when you're in the moment. you got to do it. Would you monologue as a performance for everyone around you? Or would you be like talking to yourself and this monster with no face? Or it, no mouth or whatever. Like, be, right. like yeah. 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 It'd be like me, me playing basketball in the backyard as a kid where I'm like, Taylor goes for the three point. He scored. Like, it would literally, like, I'm going to wear on the cardboard. <laughs> the you way Armsmaster did it was so performative. Like, he wanted to, like, announce and he wanted to be heard, even though, like, he's in the midst yeah. of a fight. Like, he wants to be the one with all the glory. And the fact that is, I don't know. And it was just so cringy to me. Yeah. 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 To bring it back in though. What I what I love about this, and I do I I love Armors Master's character in this whole story. Um one thing I love, and this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Taylor, was that he has a really good system, not perfect, obviously, but a really good system for dealing with Leviathan. And like imagine if he instead of showboating instead of letting his big ass ego get in the way imagine if he was coordinating with the armbands and his and his ai system yeah directing capes where to go like you get the sense that they probably could have won if they were if they were all using that but he had to keep it for himself Right, like just sharing Fucker. the knowledge that he had. Like you've been studying, and you're not going to tell everybody else, just yeah. so you can get to this moment where you're the one that is saving the day because you want to be the the big the big good. Which is why, even from the beginning, I was like, this is not a superhero that wants to be that wants to do good. This is a s- superhero that wants everybody to see that he does good. Like it, ha- it's yeah. not the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you you get the sense that Armsmaster really isn't on mentally isn't on the same level as like Eidolon and Alexandria and Legend like the the big three who when they show up they're like war paints on here's the game plan let's go to let's go to work like Armsmaster just isn't isn't thinking in that same frame of mind like to him there's still like status and and ego associated with this fight when well, the others don't have that. And if we refer back to the interview interlude right before arc eight, um, wasn't he getting like demoted and like sent away? Yeah. Yep. yep. So this is yeah. like a big, yeah. hoo- a big hoopla for him. And like, he probably was looking at this as, Oh yes, I get to redeem myself. Versus, like, fuck, this whole city could be flattened if we fail. I think um, yeah. it's a very good, um, if you think of the movie um, Hacksaw Ridge, sorry to spoil it for those that have not seen it yet, uh, but there's a scene where the new company of soldiers is about to go into the battlefield, and they have a couple of people from the last company that are still alive. And literally, that, in my mind, that's legend, and that's, like, the heroes' heroes, because they're like, 
I've lost so many people fighting these things. Like, all right, like, let's do it all over again. Whereas Arms Master is like, oh, well, I'm good, and good always triumphs over evil, so I'm going to go out here and beat this thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's just laying there without an arm, just like, years of academy training waste. <laughs> <laughs> just at the, at the tea table with a Woody. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's going in, well, no, that's going think, in my I think context. Too, um, <laughs> you, you get the sense that Arms Master, and maybe all of the heroes, but particularly Arms Master in this case, one of the sneaky things that they they introduce you to early on is legend mentions how although Leviathan does not appear to be as smart as the Simurg, the one of the other inbringers, they've noticed that it is strangely intelligent and to be cautious of that, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, Armsmaster clearly is underestimating it, right? The whole time he's calling it like an animal or a beast or like mm-hmm. you know like oh, you're just like you're just a nothing, right? Just a creature. Well, turns out, and uh, Leviathan adapted to what Arms Master was doing yeah. and did something different that his program couldn't predict. And it just, again, adds to that, like, this is a natural force that you can't just put into a program and learn how to beat. Like, this is something completely yeah. different. I also love the little dig that Tattletail drops towards the end. And we're not, we're not going to leave the fights yet, but just because it's relevant where she says something to the effect of like, oh, and even if your programming was fine, you still wouldn't have been able to kill him. Like, mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't have enough to bring him down anyway. Like, exactly. it's, just, it's just like a kick in the nuts at the end. <laughs> you know, just... Yeah. He, was so, he was so outclassed, he just didn't even, didn't even realize it. Yeah, Should absolutely. we talk about um, Arms Master faking... Skitter's death now. Or it does we... work well, yeah. I mean, we yeah. are sort of, sort of getting out of the fight anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I say if we were going to get out of the fight, I'd at least like to talk about bitch coming in with the dogs. Oh, true. That does work. Yeah, it does warrant a mention. Great moment. Great bitch moment. Yep. She came in with the dogs. Okay. So let's go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I, I don't know about you guys. I cried. I cried. I, yeah. I just watching the dogs because they went down so fast. I was so, so fast. Oh, it yeah. just killed me. It just, oh. Leviathan straight up blood eagles one of them. Just yeah. grabs it by the rib cage and yeah. splits oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and they say it at the beginning of the fight, or, or Guru mentions it or something like that like, bitch is keeping her dog safe. They wouldn't do any good here. Uh, yeah. And then even later, um, one of them is like, "Hey, where's your where's Hellhound? We need her." And they're like, "You don't yeah. need her. You just want you just want the disposable soldiers that she has because yeah. you know that exactly that yeah. my time." Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. But she comes in clutch when Taylor needed her most and was about to drown. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, she good. knew. It's like she knew. So my question is, where was she? Where has she been that she happened to just arrive right when Taylor needed her? She was in that building overlooking. Yeah, that's my I'm thought. I'm kidding. <laughs> like, she's just, no. like, just going from building to building, just watching Taylor, just, like... <laughs> following Taylor on rooftops. <laughs> I actually, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that line of thinking. Mostly because, like, we know that Taylor and uh, uh, Rachel have connected so well in the past, you know, couple of arcs, and they've really bonded. And if Rachel is viewing Taylor in a way as accepting her as part of the pack, 
it makes sense that she would keep an eye on the undersiders, you know, out of sight, but, you know, be ready if she needed to. Because she shows up right when Taylor needs her, like immediately, as if she were well, waiting behind the corner. Just as a just as a quick question on that too. When Leviathan was there, it Taylor was kind of mentioning that it was sort of close to her neighborhood. Is it maybe partially too because um uh, this is where um Rachel's new setup for her dogs might have been? Oh, maybe. Maybe so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, that makes sense. In yeah, my, in my head, just, she just happened. Yeah, you know, I know. I know Taylor. Our Taylor was kind of joking about it, but maybe she really did like look outside and was like, "Oh crap, Leviathan's close." Oh shoot, <laughs> that's Taylor. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, in my mind, uh, she's been watching the whole thing, and uh, she's been saving each of the undersiders uh, this entire time. She <laughs> saved Cattletail. When Lisa fell and, off the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah that absolutely. was that was bitch. Yeah, she's just kind <laughs> of she's just them ready all. to save her people. Yeah. I love and it. And then Scion comes in and just Ugh. fucking laser wow. beams down. Oh my gosh. His his backhand, because at one point he just back, like bitch slaps backhands uh, Leviathan. And it just, and, and I love that because Taylor describes it as he makes no sound. There's no, you know, he's not, there's just nothing coming from him whatsoever. And and these hits are only, you know, loud because of Leviathan when he goes smashing into things because Cyan has just, you know, chucked him four blocks. But like, he just, he's so still and calm and quiet. And the things that he does are so, like, it feels like he's not even thinking about it. Like, he's like, ah, oh, yes, I'm here now. You are coming at me, so I'm going to backhand you. Who does he um who does he look at in disgust again? Oh, uh, oh. Eidolon. Well, yeah, Eidolon, Eidolon, that's right. Yeah, even like in the middle of the fight, he like without having facial expression, he still looks at him like yes. in disgust, where he's just like, Y'all are so beneath me that here I have to yes. come and do this again, you know? And uh th- that yeah, that feeling of power, I was just like, oh my gosh. Oh, Goosebumps. Well, and they say <laughs> at the beginning too, they're like, we're basically just fighting, hoping that Scion notices right. that he'll show <laughs> and, up exactly. and comes yeah. to you save know, the day. That he like, stops the 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 you know, helping the mugging that he's, you know, saving yeah. some poor old lady from to go and help the freaking endbringer fight. Like, she's with well, in a way though, that does like make it clear that like Scion is not. Like, he can't be bought. Like, he can't be persuaded to, like, oh, yes, come help us when an Endbringer shows up. Like, no, he goes where he's needed. And whether that is a mugging or a house on fire or a fucking Endbringer, like, he will go where he feels he needs to be. And that's... Yeah. yeah I think he's yeah. definitely lawful good personified. Like, I think he probably stopped five muggings because they happened first before he went to Endbringer. Because yeah. he's just like, all evil is evil. Like, I must vanquish it all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that vibe so strongly from him. It's just so, like, it's the cool, calm, collected thing that is just like, ooh, gives me shivers. Like, he's just so, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Leviathan like, cool. being quiet and basically mute yes. as well. Imagine, right. the, imagine just the two of these guys fighting. It's just the sounds of the rain and, uh-huh. 
And when and, they crash into know, buildings. Yeah. Nothing else. Oh, so cool. And and that in comparison with uh arm arm masters showboating, <laughs> the if you put those two things side by side where you have you have arms master, you know, giving his big speech on like, oh, you're nothing but a beast and I'm gonna put you down. And then Scion, the real powerhouse, showing up doesn't say a fucking word. Like that is such a <laughs> baller move. Like, damn. <laughs> I I love the just the the scope and width of power level in Worm, where you have there there's no there's no misunderstanding about who the strongest person is in the room compared to I don't know about if anyone else. I was a huge uh, fan of as a kid watching the uh, the DC animated uh, animated show, and like in oh, that yeah. show, you would have Batman kicking Darkseid, who's like a personification of half the evil in the universe, yeah, right? So yeah, like, right. it was just it was just no comparison. Like there's no way to compare that, but just yeah. the the sheer difference between even like Legend and Alexandria who we understand to be near invincible, going down to Leviathan, who in turn can only run from Scion. Like it's just this crazy levels of power that's really hard to grasp. Mm -hmm. Just having a trigger event and being like, oh my God, like I'm a tinker, like arms master. And then you make something and you're like, oh no, I'm leaked. <laughs> I was just about to make that. I was about to say that when you're when Jacob was talking about the scope of of powers, my thought is like, okay, so we've got we've got on one end, we've got Uber and late. <laughs> yep, and yep. like on the other end, we have like the golden god himself, Scion, just like absolutely wrecking this endbringer shit. Like ugh. Which Damn. by the way, do we think Uber and Late were live streaming this? <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I'm going to be honest. If there were any villains that weren't at the fight, it was definitely Uber. Yeah, it was them. Yeah, I was about was to say, them. we. I don't think we ever saw them or heard mention of them. So I feel like no. they probably like dipped out and recorded from a safe space. It's okay. Nobody had respect for them either. No, they went to get an armband and someone was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good, civilian. No, nah, bro. We're good. <laughs> The disrespect. When it comes to terms of power too, I don't want to forget that Taylor rates Eidolon on a level almost equal to the Endbringers. Um, like she even says like Eidolon is, is a bit above Legend and Alexandria. And we didn't really get to see mm -hmm. much of Eidolon in this fight. But what we did see is apparently he has the ability to choose powers, but can only hold so many at a time. And I'm like, what a what a crazy, wacky power just to come up with. Like, you can be whatever you want to be. You just have to pick like your top three in, in any given moment, right? He froze the entire coastline. Like that was his job. Was like, okay, Eidolon by yourself, go freeze the entire coastline. And I'm like, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Like, even though it didn't end up doing as much maybe as he'd hoped, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, probably saved a good bit of the city. Yeah, exactly. Going back again to what Taylor said earlier, one of those things were like, man, if I had Eidolon's power, that fight would have been over in a second. I would have just picked like power word kill and just <laughs> <laughs> blasted him away. <laughs> the power of no, just yeah, yeah. Leviathan. No. No. <laughs> no, the reverse Uno card. Um, yeah, the reverse. 
love that. A level one D and D wizard with the command spell just flee. <laughs> just, you know. Flee. <laughs> or just drop dead, you know, because I don't want him to yeah. flee. He'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Drop dead. And then, so Taylor's got a broken back. Oh, and gosh. the PRT and the medical staff are just so careful taking care of her. She's yeah. Louise. I, I completely understand her frustration. Like, she's, so she, in her mind, I have just broken my fucking back. I am paralyzed now fighting for this stupid fucking city. And now you handcuff me to a bed with a broken back. You don't tell me anything. You give me a little sneer and you leave me here. Like, I'm sorry, what? What kind of bullshit is this? Um, as a hospital worker, fuck off. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. And this is yeah someone someone who has literally shown up to work and had the hospital go on mass cash yeah like when if shit hits the fan and you're like hey like i've got legs blown off here i got a back broken here um this little criminal's got a back broken um we got arms master without an arm uh, Joe Biden just came in because he fell. Like, literally, you're just dealing with, like, so much <laughs> stuff all at once. And, and literally, it's just like, oh, like, you're, you can't discriminate. And I, I, will, I will say I have never seen, like, anyone discriminated based off of, oh, you're coming from a jail because you got stabbed versus you're out in town and got stabbed. But you definitely have to triage people. And she's obviously fine. They had panacea. <laughs> they knew they were going to take care yeah. of her. Like, come on. For real. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. I will say, too, I, on that, too, Taylor, I feel really bad for the poor little, like, nurse in training oh, who's nurse, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what's going on. Please don't ask me questions. I'm just here to take your vitals. <laughs> She's like, oh, I started my first nursing class uh, yesterday, and... They, they brought me here. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Literally, my application is still in my mailbox. <laughs> and in all seriousness, if I'm thinking, if this is like, what did we say this was? Like 2012? Yeah-ish, yeah. Or around-ish? Yeah, yeah, around yeah. So literally, like, a patient has to come in, you make sure that they're not going to die immediately, you send them off to get scans, and then scans have to get read by, like, all the radiology team. So they just don't have information to tell her. And I yeah. think even right. in real life today, right. that's a lot of the time. It's like, what's happening? What's happening? And it's like, we are trying to figure that out now. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I thought, I thought, I love, I love that scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, no I was about to say, I love, I love the scene. Um, I was disappointed that she got healed right off the bat by Panacea, but I thought that conversation was great. Oh, yeah. Totally I, agree. I suspect that, well, first of all, we know for a fact. Obviously, Harm's Master was there and was like, ah, she's a villain. But I feel like he probably was like that one right there, Lee, like back of the list, bottom oh, yeah, of the like, like He's got a, a personal, like, I don't think that they would have left her there so the, that same way if it wasn't for Arms Master, his weird, like, vendetta. Yeah. This is one of those things where, like, I. Like, I get the, you know, having to handcuff some villains up. But after, you know, we just had this big thing. We we, we put everything to the side and I wasn't fucking with anybody. I was, a, I was a good villain. You know, is this what happens? Is this how they get us? We're like, after you're done, they just 
cart you off to the bird cage. All, yeah, they black bag all the villains to the bird cage, and you're like, oh man, Leviathan sure killed a lot of villains. Like, what do they tell the public? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it only does... a fourth of you will make it, and that's the ones on good behavior. <laughs> I could, I could yeah. see the, I could see the government doing some shit like that though. It oh, does, sure. it does feel that way because that's how Taylor's feeling it. But then we yeah. do find out, as we'll probably talk about in a second, the reason why is because you have a mixture of heroes and villains whose identities yeah. are sacred to them. Red and yeah. you can't just let people run around looking right. in everybody, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it is, even though it feels unreasonable at first, like you're kind of on Taylor's yeah, side, yeah. like, yeah, what the heck? And of course they rough her up. They didn't need to do that. That's, you know, just some nice police brutality for you. But, um, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it is at least when you find out why it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes yeah, sense. That makes sense. Makes, oh. makes sense. I hate I hate that the cops were right in this case. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. The, the super cops, the super cops rather. Yeah, this is one of those scenes that definitely felt where, where I really felt Taylor's age in the character where mm -hmm. she she did feel like a really impulsive 16-year-old kid who yeah. thought that she was at the center of attention and the protagonist of a book. <laughs> where, you know, How dare her! Uh, yeah, um, but but yeah, no, it, the the whole scene plays so well, and uh, you do get that sense of like just them being completely overworked and overloaded, which is uh, is interesting. And I still I still don't know how I feel about Panacea. I will say it because part of me, I see the good that she does and everything, and obviously she is a good guy, like just through and through. But her talking down to Taylor, almost like. It still yeah. makes me mad because she's coming from an elitist family. She's the 1%. Literally, she's like, I, like, Taylor's like, oh, well, I was infiltrating. I was doing this. I was doing that. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course you were. Like, when really, like, she's healed so many bad guys, her sister's almost killed. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just yeah. like, come on. Like, yeah. You yeah, judge that... me. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, she's a, she's a great character. But I remember at this point in the story too, like not really knowing how I felt about her either. And obviously yeah. reading it again, you get some different insights and you're kind of reading it a bit differently. But but yeah, she's she's unique. Also, she just had like half of her extended family die. And yes, yeah. Yeah. And Which Taylor doesn't you know, really acknowledge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna uh miss out too on the fact that um she mentions that Tattletail was about to do something that could have ruined her family. At least how she feels about it, right? We don't right. know if that's true or not. We don't know if that's true or not, but we know that there is some secret that she has that right. um, she's not ready to reveal. And I, So I can kind of get, like at least from a... I, I'm with you, Taylor, in that I'm not sure how I feel about her, but I kind of also get where she's coming from. She's like, look, you, your friend messed with my family you robbed a bank. Like, I don't have any pity for you, you know? Yeah. I, I still, I, I will say, uh, I think, I think you're right. Like there is no reason for her to have any pity on Taylor. Like Taylor is getting fixed at the end of this. Taylor will have a healed back and, and, and really like to panacea, like, does she even deserve that? Like she's getting that because she fought Leviathan, like because of your sacrifice, you are getting healed right now. But like, I do not owe you more than that. And that makes perfect sense. But I still hate the way that she kind of like mind messes with her, which is something else she says again, 
you know, here, which yeah. she's mentioned before. And she says again about the whole, like, not being able to mess with people's brains or like, she says something about uh, the concussion and she's like, I can't do anything about that. Like, I can't, I can't mess with your brain, basically. I, I can mess with your other things, but I'm, I'm not messing with your brain. And, and kind of this, like, I don't know, like, the even though she can't physically mess with Taylor's brain, she's still messing with Taylor by the way that she's, like, not necessarily answering her questions or giving her, like, this, well, I don't know, you know, kind of, like, you know. And honestly, I wonder, Panacea, do you have the energy to, like, to like treat Taylor like that? Don't you have like a hundred more people to heal? Like, why are you fucking with this one girl? Like, I understand that, you know, her teammate almost ruined whatever it was you're trying to keep secret, but like, it just feels so petty, which again, it's so easy to forget that these are children. Yeah, Taylor, Panacea, right. yeah. they are high schoolers. Like, the, these are children and they're going to be petty. And I forget because, you know, we just fought an endbringer that these are not adults, you know, and they're going to yeah. be mm -hmm. yeah. demanding on Taylor's front and petty on Panacea's front. And like, th that's just, I, I honestly, I had forgotten that these were children until you literally just said it. Whoever it was, I think it was Nick or Jacob <laughs> said that like, yeah, these are fucking teenagers. Like she's really so <laughs> showing her age. Like, oh shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> They are 15. God damn. Yep. yep. Gosh. Amy will always make time for spite. <laughs> we need that on a t-shirt. Always make time for spite. Yes. To uh to move it along a little bit, because we still have a good bit to talk about here. Um uh Taylor does break free and stumbles upon <gasps> maybe the biggest yeah. shock of the arc. Fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not bitch, yeah. but, but the bitch. Yeah, I, knew I, need, like I, need, that I need Taylor and Kat reactions for this. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew well, that it was going to be Emma or somebody. I knew it was going to be somebody that well, is like, oh, like they've had powers this whole time too. Like, first of all, y'all saw me text like, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I then had to Google Sophia because I was like. I know I know this name. I know I'm supposed I know this is a big reveal. Completely forgot what her character arc is because there's just so many fucking characters in this thing. There's a ton. And there's a lot. Yeah, so I was like, this is a big deal. Who is who the fuck is this girl? Like, <laughs> to like um like confirm that I was supposed to be shocked. Um, but yeah, I was I was like expecting it to like Emma, but mm. I think I have questions though about plot holes or not plot holes, like how it's filled in. Cause like, like she said, Shadowstalker was like there at the mall. Um, mm -hmm. But like, does Emma know? And like, I don't know. I just think like I have, I have more questions. Yeah. I mean, I think you're kind of supposed to have a lot of questions too. Yeah. Also interesting that this bitch is in the wards. So she's a quote unquote good guy. But she's the fucking Holy, yep. like, like there's a whole like basically while Hannah was on her um, monologue, it comes down to <laughs> being a hero does not make you a good person, and being a villain does not make you a bad person. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And at the end of exactly. the day, what is the difference between the two, other than 
who what they've decided is the good guys and the bad guys. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I can straight up say Long is a bad guy. Kaiser is a bad guy. He's a racist. Long is a bad guy. He's the drug cartel. But <laughs> I wouldn't say the undersiders are bad guys. I don't fucking care if they're robbing banks. You know, like they're not like, oh, let's go. Yeah, they're, kill they're a not bunch killing of people for fun. Right. Like, yeah, right, right. They're doing things for their own benefit, which is egocentric, but not necessarily bad. Um, so, yeah. yeah their yeah. own benefit is money. Meanwhile, right. Sophia is in the wards because she kept shooting people like <laughs> and almost killing them. And they were like, hey, you need to go to the wards because she was a rogue. Right. Like, you need to go to the wards. Right. So, Didn't like, they say that she, it was either Juvie or the wards? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Was that in this chapter? Not in this section, but early in one of the earlier arcs, they talked about how when they first introduced Shadowstalker, and you obviously, like, we don't obviously know who she is yet, but they make a mention that, like, Ah, Shadowstalker is a perfect example of like someone who had powers, was doing their own thing, was needed to be monitored, and was given the option of like either the wards or Juvie. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That was I've like got, I've got a couple of theories two, of how to fill three. things in. That was a while ago. Uh, what do you what do you think, Nick? Got a couple of theories. So um Sophia, the quote unquote track team, is the wards that she's been on. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the star track runner for the the show, right? But instead of like going to track practice, maybe she shows up for the meets and runs. But beyond that, I don't think she's really on a track team, right? That's the cover for like, where does she go after school? Oh, well, the track team's out of practice. Yeah, exactly. Second thought, um, I I just want to remember there's a scene from a previous one, a previous arc where she says something like, do you have any idea how much trouble I got in because of what you did at school? That's uh, talking to Taylor. Like, do you have any idea like how much pain, like how bad this is for me, what you did? And I think she's not talking about the school consequences there. I think yeah. that it got back to the wards and the oh, wards yeah. are like, are mm-hmm. you serious? Sure. Shadow stalker. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're, yeah. you're bullying, you're bullying people now. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, when, when they have the big meeting at the school, Shadowstalker doesn't have a parent show show up. She has somebody else, and it's not really exactly. said who she is. It's yeah, a caseworker. Yeah, okay. Which, like at the time, we we just assume because Shadowstalker, we know, has kind of been having some trouble, and everybody kind of knows. Or not, I'm sorry, not Shadowstalker. Sophia, we know Sophia. You know, isn't the most stable. We already know that. But like, she has this caseworker show up. But now, looking back on it, like there's a good chance that that person was from the wards to represent yeah. her, you know, oh, as yeah. a parental figure, as a, and, as a, um, yeah. Yeah. And to add to that, I would, I would wager, um, that although it didn't seem like anybody else believed Taylor when it came to, Hey, uh, these kids have been bullying me. I can a hundred percent imagine if that woman was from the wards being like, we know what kind of a person you are, Sophia, you absolutely were bullying that kid. Like, <laughs> right, but they can't admit like, to it because then yeah, you have a ward yeah. that's a bully. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So they deal with it internally, hopefully. But you don't, you know, Taylor doesn't get to see that because she's not privy to that. Investigated ourselves, and we found yeah, nothing wrong. Yeah, by giving her a promotion and putting her on the beat, 
Yeah. 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 Exactly. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say is that classic uh, they conduct their own internal investigation and find out wrongdoing. Right. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, what a moment. My deep, deep Gosh. fan theory um is that uh, this is this is not in any part of the story. This is totally Jacob's fan theory. My fan theory is that uh Emma's dad is a really successful lawyer because in this world, parahuman uh paralegals are really important. And my theory is that Emma's dad uh, got Sophia's case. And that's how those two uh, met up. Mm. Mm. I support oh, that theory. Good. Yeah, I that's can see good. that. God damn it. Unless, isn't he a divorce attorney? from the beginning. Listen, listen, it's a fan theory I said, okay? Don't, don't okay, shoot no, holes in it yet. Don't shoot holes in it. Uh, and more just confirming facts and questioning your fan theory. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's divorce attorney. Yeah. On the that's what he tells people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Exactly. <laughs> but as a result of that discovery, yeah. we get some interesting dynamics between the undersiders and Armsmaster and Legend and Miss Militia. Which is pretty fun. Yes. Gosh. Mm. Oh, fan theory. Arms master set her up. Taylor up. Set her up in what yeah. in what sense, Kat? To find Shadow Stalker slash Sophia. I feel like oh, we've oh, probably oh, knows okay. about I mean, like, they're very much in with the wards, right? Like right. he <gasps> very well could have known about the bullying situation. He probably did. And probably set her up to like put them near each other, knowing that it was very likely that Taylor, because mm-hmm. Sophia was there with their mask off. I don't know. Just, just mm. no. I I think I think that's, that's a great idea. thought because so Armsmaster obviously has all this programming and the system and all the smarts and like the little computer in his head that's analyzing shit. Any any type of uh, uh, thing that would have happened with Taylor would be on public record. So she would, it would be in her school record and he has access to that. And of course, because, you know, he's been working, well, not really working with Taylor, but because, you know, she's been such a burr under his saddle, like he has kept eyes on her. So he probably knows all of the, you know, shit that's gone on with school. And so it, it makes perfect sense that he would like have connected the dots and realize that like, oh, you know, there was a meeting at the school that involved Shadowstalker in the wards and involved Taylor uh you know that like this is this is the connection here like that would make so much sense to like have set her up that way although oh actually hold on i'm as i'm thinking about this i'm i'm messing up my own theory and messing up cast theory i'm so sorry uh, we we might be getting a bit too far off the task we, here we are. i'm so sorry it's my, i will stop now no, <laughs> sorry cat i ran with your That's idea <laughs> Oh, that's what this story does, great, though. though. So much fun. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but yeah, but they, they get into it with uh, with Armsmaster and... Um, who is? Is it Le- a, a Legend? Who else is and a yeah, dick. Yeah, Legend and Miss yeah. yeah, Militia. Legend is just, yeah, yeah. is so, like, he is the, the by the book. He's like, such a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's just he's such a like, hero. well, uh, Protectorate Order 2-4A would say, uh, we got to do this. <laughs> Like he's just gonna go. He's he is not gonna break from protocol. Yeah, so lawful neutral. 
Yeah. Makes yeah. him another big fucking nerd. <laughs> I love it. The whole lot of them. Just like there can be no two powers that are exactly alike, there are no two fucking nerds exactly alike <laughs> in this universe. Of course, yeah. Um, but it goes both ways, right? Like, because I love how quickly uh, Legend and and Miss Militia as well, though, flip on Armsmaster in that. Yes. Like they, they are Miss Militia swings that gun real quick, real yeah, quick. <laughs> like as soon as that's hinted at, it's just a full one eighty. Which is so satisfying. Yeah, it really is. But it's also again, and I feel like we've uh, broken records sometimes. But World, Wild Bow just does this so well, where he just takes the, the little trope and just flips it completely in an unexpected way. Like that's what you want to happen, but you're not expecting to read it that way. Like you don't really expect those types of conversations to flow that naturally, and yet it does, which is just so satisfying. Also, Trickster just. Posted up in the corner, casually recording oh, everything. Recording the whole thing. Oh, bless him. Yep. Bless him. <laughs> he knew it was up. God, Leave it to a teenager to do exactly what you expect teenagers to do. <laughs> World star, we live. <laughs> also, I just want to say that Armsmaster, at least so far, has been set up to be like the big, cool superhero in the city. But like, he keeps getting bested by teenagers left and right. <laughs> 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 It's yeah. Thing, like as you so, like, I feel like you slowly get like you slowly realize like at the beginning he shows up in his cool motorcycle. He's got battle armor. You're like, wow, it's cool Batman like mixed with Iron Man. This yeah. guy's so cool. And then steadily throughout the story, you realize like what he's not even the bitch. coolest guy in this city. <laughs> like he's not even the coolest guy on this out of out of. <laughs> A group of people that is just him, he's not even the coolest guy. <laughs> so far, his computer has shown to be more of an MVP than he is. It's the yeah, Marvel really. where he's like, oh yeah, well, without your suit, what are you? And he's like, a weeb, a nobody, a dork. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> oh my god. I imagine he takes off his suit and he's not even buff underneath. It's like pre... <laughs> pre... Um, like... Uh, Captain America before he gets suit. the super juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He takes off his suit and he's fucking Colin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Fantastic. Also, I love that Tattletail using her, her power to hack into the armband. That's so great. Like, of course she would. It's so oh, tattletale, yeah. but I still was blindsided by it. I still didn't expect it. And then there it was. And it's like, well, of course. Of course she did. You know, because she storms <laughs> off. She's like, let yeah. me, you know, give you my things. And they're like, we're not going to listen to you, a, a teenager. And she's like, huff. All right, then. Limps off on her crutches. You know, I'm like, whoa, she gave up fast. And then, of course, you know, not a paragraph later. <laughs> She's she's into the armband. Oh, I love it. I love it. Does not like to be ignored. Nope. She just guesses his password. Is that what it is? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She guesses his password to hack into the armband. She guesses guesses Legends power or Legends password. Password. That's right. Which is like the ultimate override. I think. Right. I love it so much. That's such a fuck you. (laughs) It's great. It's so good. Which is how it would be. Like if you went to like, like Arms Masters, like. I don't know, like the gunnery sergeant, and it's like he's like, "Oh yeah, I got this this cool new system." And then you go to the general, and the general's password is password. <laughs> like that is exactly what happened. That's the same combination I have on my luggage. 
<laughs> it's like, <laughs> my God, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. So good. All right. Well, Michael Scott just popped out the closet and said, let's wrap this up. So I'm going to, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are close to the end here. Yeah. We're very close. Let's touch on the, uh, yeah, I was going to say, let's touch on the memorial. We don't spend too much time yeah. on it, but it is a, it is a really nice moment. Um, really sad, but kind of, again, really kind of grounding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So see really quickly, there. I do have the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jacob. No, I was, do, you have, do you have the names? Because that's where I was going. If it's I somebody have, yes, I have the list. I have the list. I'm only going to name... There are a lot of names, uh, but many of them we don't know. So I'm going to skip those. I'm just going to hit the ones that we've met or that were named or in a particular way, right? Um, so we have uh, Aegis, Alabaster, Bastion, Browbeat, Chubster, and Dauntless for side one. For side two, uh, there's Finya and Gallant are the main two there. And then for side three, we had Kaiser and Manpower. Uh, and then for side four, we had Shielder, Strider, and Velocity. And then, of course, we have the names of the dogs that bitch etched into the, name, into the monument. Kuro, Bullet, Milk, Stumpy, Brutus, Judas, Axel, and Ginger. God. It, this is this sounds hilarious to say, but what a bitch move! Yeah, <laughs> for real, yeah. they deserve no, their I, space on they, that. They, de they definitely that deserve. The, they deserve their own memorial. Yeah, that's true. The doggos who gave their lives. Ugh. I, I won't lie. I I I definitely cried at that bit. I didn't until Taylor started realizing how long that must have taken her, and that she had yeah. to like sneak out to do it. Yeah. And how much that I was like, oh God, <laughs> that hurts. Oh, that was Brutus rough. and Judas, like, come oh, man. Mm -hmm. Wasn't yeah. Ginger the yeah. old dog too? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you definitely get the sense there that she she got desperate and, and used her power on a lot of dogs that probably weren't quite ready yet. But uh yeah, that was oh, it's rough. Can't think about it too much. No. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I care more about them than most of those people. That's yeah. true. Also, real quick, <laughs> wasn't Browbeat one of the capes we fought at the bank heist? Yeah, I definitely recognized uh, yep. his name. Yes. Um, I, yep. I believe so, yes. He, yeah. he was the one that was like, wasn't supposed to be there because he's supposed to be on the protectorate now. Right. But yeah. But it showed up, yeah. It makes him and Aegis up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I could have mixed them up again. Yeah. Also, we got confirmation finally amidst all of this that, uh, you know, because Armsmaster pulls a bitch move and uh, outs Taylor and confirmed Lisa knew the whole time because, of yeah. course, she yeah. did. I, which, which I we knew. knew that she knew the whole time. Of course, she knew. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. This girl knows and she's just like, yeah, whatever. And I, yeah. and I love that beyond that, too, that, that Lisa sort of took some of the blame there. She was like, listen, you're only in this position at this point now because I let it get this far. Like, mm -hmm. I could have said something at any, at any moment here and everything would have been different, which I thought was, like, real mature of her. Yeah, it's something that uh, all the way back in, like, her little interlude, that one of the reasons that she really likes Taylor is... Lisa is a social cape 
and a group full of antisocial people. So she didn't even bother. But Taylor has at least tried. Mm. Um, and that's one of the reasons she really respects Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Good little moment there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case this isn't isn't clear to uh, to the rest of you, uh, this is <laughs> this is where uh, Alan and I pretty definitively from episode one have decided we're going to end season one on our second half of this podcast, which uh, we'll have a lot of fun with. But it it really does sort of feel like that season finale. You got the big fight. You've got this sort of epilogue, everything sort of calming down. You get these little character moments. Where's the future? Where's everything going? And uh, then we get a little tease with, with Coyle's interlude. Oh, yeah. baby. I know, Nick, I know Nick's got hard. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is with me and like the worst people in this story. <laughs> well, the white supremacist is I, dead, I love- so... Yeah, I love <laughs> Coyle's power. He's not a good person. I'm not saying that. Yeah. His power, though, the way Taylor explains it and the way we see it in the art, in that interlude, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. That's a superpower right there. Right. <laughs> I love that he doesn't really know how it works, which is my favorite part. Yeah. Where he's like, am I just imagining this or am I ending entire realities every time I make a decision? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really know what he's doing, but he doesn't care. Oh, it's so good. So evil. And he's got a great, his great system for it too. I was going like, to say like the way he uses it. Yeah. Go off. I like, I like the whole thing of like, I, I don't feel so good about the guy that I have like taking care of Dinah. You know what? Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Let's just take him out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But also then you like, you start to understand why, Dinah was so important to him because it like just amplifies how successful his power is. Well, between like her, Lisa and him, like, yeah, he's got so much information at his fingertips where he can, you know, we talk about fate manipulation is not exactly what it is, but between the three of them, that's basically what he's got going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. shy of an end bringer showing up, yeah. you know, <laughs> not really foreseeable. Uh, he can basically just do what he wants. Yeah, and thinking about, like, how, you know, however many times we've thought, like, oh, man, if I could just stay up all night and study or go to sleep, you know, like, he just does both. And then he has all the information and he collapses the reality where he stayed up all night because he's kept all the information and he got a good night's sleep. Like that, that sounds great. I think that's what's so compelling to me about his power is that ability to be like, because we've all had those, like even just little moments in life where you're like, man, I really wish I could try both of these ice cream flavors at this ice cream shop. But I really, (laughs) I really don't want to get that much ice cream, right? I can't eat it. Well, if you're, if you're coil, you can. And it only gets Mm -hmm. better from there. (laughs) Exactly. It's only up from the ice cream flavors. But I love how he thinks about like the, like if if he did something in one of his realities that he wants to keep, he has to remember to do it in the other one. Like where he, he has to ask Dinah the questions a second time, even though he already knows the answers so that she'll remember what she said in this reality. Um, it's like little things like that that I, I yeah. loved how he's really intelligent about his power. 
And also, if I had a nickel for every time Coyle kidnapped a little girl for his personal gain and locked her up, <laughs> I'd have I'd have two nickels. Right, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened. <laughs> it's <weird>. it's <laughs> isn't that a Doofenshmirtz quote? Oh yes, hundred yes. percent, yes. absolutely. Oh my one god, of the, one of the greatest quotes ever written for television. Mm-hmm. So good, and I use it as much as I can. <laughs> well, we got oh a little uh, a little insight into yeah what he the has travelers. for the travelers. And there's a there's a really it's a small little line kind of thrown away. I completely missed it the first time. I had I, when I read it the second time here, I was like, oh, I forgot that was even mentioned. But there's a little line that Trickster says, or kind of says with Coil, where they sort of they sort of are were on the right track that Leviathan had been slowly making his way towards Noel. Which was a really interesting line that kind of got tossed. It's like, oh my gosh, that's just it. Just is a great, great little tease. Yeah, and just this, this feeling of like, I don't know, I, I, I got this sense of like impending doom from his conversation with Noel, where that was in the reality that he collapsed, where he was like, well, don't want that conversation to have happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just like, oh well, all right. How many times have we wanted to do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just yeet um, ourselves out of a potential conversation. Yeet <laughs> ourselves out of one reality into another. <laughs> um, but it also, it enlightens us into why he was so frustrated with Dinah in the scene that we did see her first, because he's like, wait, why are the numbers changing, Dinah? That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. And just, again, just like the crazy use of his power of getting you know, the undersiders to flip coins until they all flip heads, just like making those little moments possible. Um, But then of course we get the reveal that he's a creep show and he creates an alternate reality to give himself some pleasure by beating somebody up or killing somebody. Apparently that's, I I like, I I feel like wild Bo had to throw that in. Otherwise he'd be too cool. Like yeah. it's the common like, trope with villains, like with Killmonger, where it's like, oh, like he's against colonialization and like first world governments exploiting third world people. Let's make him kill someone to remind the audience that he's evil. Like it yeah, was def- yeah. definitely yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the kick the puppy moment. Yeah, yeah. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it's kind of implied he might be a little bit of a pedophile too. I don't know if you guys yeah, call that or... They, yeah. I've always Basically, been, he has, been he has this kind of throwaway line where he's like... He says something to the effect of who wouldn't try things with my power, basically. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, It's exactly. very subtly implied, but not... I mean, he can't. He doesn't have any of, the, any of the repercussions. Like, if he exactly. does decide he wants yeah. to try it. Like, there's no repercussions. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they. It's ever like elaborated or anything like that. Probably just to maintain some level of sanity with the readers. Um, yeah, but yeah. no, I think that's implied that he's done a lot of really gross stuff just because he could, just to get away. Yeah, with exactly. Because yeah. again, it's like you have those two realities. As long as you are careful, like he says, you know, mm-hmm. and then like kind of like he implies too, like even though he creates the alternate reality to take the pleasure of killing Mr. 
uh, Potter or whatever the guy's name is. Um, mm-hmm. He says that he's careful not to do anything that he couldn't take back. Like if he accidentally right. chose that reality, he'd be like, oh, well, I could explain that away at least. Um, yeah. You know. So even with that, he's still very careful in his pleasures, which is something so interesting into an insight into his, with his character. Is just he's like, he, he, like just the way he says to himself, I think I can allow myself a pleasure. Yeah. Right. Like I've earned it, you know? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I've earned this, my little mm-hmm. treat. Yeah. Like, ugh. Treat. Mm-hmm. my little murderous treat. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yes. <laughs> well, that, uh, that kind of about wraps it up. I'm trying to think here. Favorite heroes and maybe I predictions was, for the yep. future moving gotta forward. Do predictions. Favorite, favorite new heroes. We favorite new heroes, heroes is going to be rough. I'll, I'm going to go first with favorite new heroes just because we never got around to it. Um, and I, this is a little cop out because he becomes my favorite later. Not a really big character, but I love his power. Um, and I'm going to pronounce his name correctly for all of you right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He is the leader of the protectorate in New York. Uh, and that is Chevalier. Oh my God. I beg your pardon? <laughs> it is Chevalier. I'm sorry. Is that the official pronunciation? That is the correct pronunciation. Uh, no. No. Okay. I'll, I'll Can fight we get you on confirmation on that, Michael? That's what the power is, real quick. Okay. Let's yeah, move on so- for a second. <laughs> you, we don't. We don't really. They don't really talk about his power, which is why I said it's a bit of a cop out because we don't really figure out his power till later. Um, but he's a really strong member of the Protectorate. Really fun character. Um, so that's my cop out answer, mostly just because I wanted to say Chevalier. <laughs> it's a fun word to say, that's for sure. Not how you pronounce his name, but it's a fun word. It is. Uh, fact check it, Michael. Thank you. Um, I have a favorite. <laughs> what is it? Narwhal. Yes. Yes. Like she's already like seven feet tall. She's got this fucking mm-hmm. long ass horn coming out of her so face. Cool. Mm-hmm. She's like a badass. Also, like first yes. of all, I had to look up fan art because my head was oh, showing. Yeah. Me, at first, my head was showing me um, Pearl from SpongeBob with a narwhal <laughs> horn. Like, okay, that that's not gonna do. So we have to like look this up. Um. But she just looks so cool. And her shield is like real awesome. Oh, yeah. I thought she was a cool one. Yeah, I got to agree with that. Man, I I didn't want to say the same as as somebody else, but I just, yeah. Narwhal's so cool. Just so cool. I feel like she just stood out. Like, yeah. I mean, she, with her. I think she always stands out no matter where she is. Yeah, with her, like, (laughs) diamondy crystal body and the horn and the long white hair like it goes down to like her, what did she say like the the back of her calves like oh so pretty i'm here for it and what does she do she can do stuff with force fields like cut things like so cool yeah yeah no. really neat I, I second that one definitely my favorite any other standouts no, there was just I mean, too many this episode to really narrow it down. I know, there, there's a lot. And too many that yeah. got yeah. too. There's a lot. I'll, I'll give yeah. one real answer uh, uh, in addition to Chevalier. Um, okay, no, Michael, that is the English pronunciation. <laughs> no, no, Chevalier. See, Michael is, is the, correct. Chevalier. It's Chevalier. Chevalier. Is the, it is a French word. I'm looking at parahumanaudio.com. So yeah, that's at least a, how they pronounce they're it. They're wrong. It is, a, it is a French word. It is okay. Oh, yeah, well, sure. But Wild Bow is not French. Okay. 
Cavalier. Oh, oh c'est... Cavalier. It's Cavalier. Oh, Jacob, yeah, Cavalier. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? I didn't even know what character <laughs> oh, we were talking about. That one. Cavalier, <laughs> of course. I do like the way that Chevalier run, goes off the tone. Like, thank um, you, right? Thank you. I mean, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Chevalier. Uh, no, but, but real answer for this arc is Parian. Um, gets a little bit of a moment to shine. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Parian, really oh. fun sounding power. Um, yeah, like yeah, the the cloth giant, manipulation. Yeah, cloth manipulation. The animals. That was really yeah. cool. <laughs> oh yeah, just a really fun visual. So, I like reading about that. Bears. I've definitely been <laughs> reading her name wrong. Uh, I, unless, unless I'm wrong. Do you, do you also read it, Parian? I also read it, Parian. Yeah, it's Parian sounds right. It, it, I mean, that makes more sense. But I definitely read it as Parian. I I'm not I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure she's named after a type of cloth doll. I mean, that's what I was thinking because it's um I think it comes from. It's probably uh, Parian. It's Parian. Well, that's the beautiful maybe. thing about Coil's power is that it's so many different things in so many different um, universes. <laughs> is the best part. Well, what is it in our universe, Michael Scott? Uh, Chevalier, apparently. Parian, yes. Oh. Parian. 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 Okay. Okay. Parian. okay. Honestly, surprised it took us this long to fight over these names. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, um, yeah, I, I mean, you guys know I'm a sucker for weird, cool powers. I liked Kaiser's because it was super cool. I like Coils just because I love the idea of what he can do. Yeah, I, I can't help it. It just seems, it just seems really cool. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's pretty yeah. cool. All right. We're moving on. The final event final of the segment. evening. Yeah, final segment. My favorite segment of this episode's so we gotta get to our, our predictions. Taylor and Kat. Okay. Michael Scott just popped out the closet and he is telling us to wrap this bad boy up. So you know what that means. Prediction time. Let's do it. Miss Catherine, what are, we, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Um, I first of all, her and Tattletale and bitch. I don't think she's like stopping being friends. I honestly think that this is she's going to end back up with the Undersiders. Um, but hmm, I don't know. I literally have no clue. God, <laughs> what do you think about her and Brian? Uh, I think they're. I think it's gonna end up being okay in the end because the way that they like came to defend her was made me think that this is just a hiccup in their relationship, not the end. All right. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's very open ended. Um, which is good because then you know the story can kind of go wherever it needs to. But um, was this nine eleven? Um, now I know that this has <laughs> happened fifty six times. So the question, I guess, becomes, do we need to remember 9-11 anymore? Because it happens so often, you know? Mm. Um, so that's, that's going to be something that I'm thinking of. But um, I'll just do something off the wall here, just something crazy. I would love for um, Taylor, Tattletale, and Bitch to make a Mean Girl Squad. And so they kind of branch oh, off. Hell yes. Mm. You know, I would love for them to branch off and kind of start doing their own thing. Um, and I know that Coil would react negatively to that because, of course, he would never be able to lose Tattletail. But I just think that's something. I'll just throw that out there into the 
into the stratosphere. Like that might be something cool that would be like, like that. That'd be good to see. I don't think, for Nick's sake, I don't think Kaiser's done. And I'll be praying for Nick. No, it's okay. In that it's okay. I can. I can you think admit. We'll get Kaiser. Gonna pull Mecha a Kaiser. Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say definitely Darth Maul with metal legs. Now um, I was gonna go Walt Disney, but that works too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm interested to see what happens of um, with Arms Master. Mm. Like, yeah, is this his because I I feel like that one of my predictions from the beginning was that he's actually not good and like. I think this is the beginning. I think this is his origin story for being a true villain. Like he's about to go down a rabbit hole. Mm. That's my thought. But. Yeah. Heck yeah. I like it. The descent into madness. Well, I think that wraps everything up pretty neatly. Uh, this was a long one. So yeah, was. thanks. Uh, thanks to all of you guys, of course, for sticking around and, uh, having a lovely little time chatting about this arc. Thanks to everybody else who listened in with us. Uh, if you stuck around the whole thing, we greatly appreciate it. We had a lot of fun and uh, we're not planning on stopping anytime soon. It only gets better. Well, I say that. A lot of people think Arcade is the best arc. I think there's a lot of room to grow. I think there's a I lot of fun and exciting stuff still to come. Uh, so stick around. We've got Arc 9, a shorter arc, a little bit of a breather here uh, next episode. So buckle up and uh, stick around for our sister podcast, which up to this point has been paired along with the book club half, but Dissecting Worm, where Alan and I break down and dissect, <laughs> as the name implies, uh, Worm from a perspective of adapting it for television. We're going to be breaking that into uh, its own release, starting with Arc 8. So be on the lookout for that. And moving forward, that's going to be its own episode to listen to as well. And Michael, would you like to play us out? Thank you so much for listening. Read along with us at parahumans.wordpress.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What did you love? What did you hate? Anything you think we missed, etc., as long as it's kind. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter, Threads, Instagram, TikTok, and Reddit at Brockton Bay BC, or click the link in the description. In order to be a little more proactive about your comments uh, that you've been leaving on Reddit and on YouTube and Instagram, uh, we decided to make a voicemail, 980-999-0438. Do you have an angry rant you want to leave an ex but don't have their number anymore because they blocked you? Leave it for us instead. Just make it specific to Worm. 980-999-0438 and maybe we'll play your angry, sad, lonely rant on one of our episodes. Leave your cape name and your thoughts and stay tuned.